What's good, boys and girls? The Fins Up Podcast on this Tuesday. It's been a bit of a glorious day. Not as hot as it has been recently. Uh, weather for swimming? Absolutely. Weather for running? Absolutely not. But speaking of running hot, I'm with my handsome colleague as always, Mr. Dan Nichols. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Mate, fantastic, thank you. May I just say that your throwovers are just getting better every single week. But it's not about how I am, mate. I have a question for you that you weren't prepared for. I didn't mention this in the preamble. I understand well, you have an update for the fans that are on Tenorhooks about your Sharks membership next season. Look, the good news is, uh, Brioni at Sharks was very helpful the second time I called her. Um, and I am now officially a member for the 2024 season. Thank you. The Cronulla website was awful. This time I had to ask them if they had reset their cookies, cleared their cookies or reset the cash or whatever it is. But look, we got there. We got there. I'm, I'm happy to say that the first payment came out today. I'm holding up the credit card. Came out today. So we're good. The old beauty. So that makes two of us. So it's uh, it's, it's official. No Before, one believes that you're a member though. Look, that's completely fine. They'll see me there in round two potentially or, or most likely. But uh the main thing is we got in before they kicked us out, mate, which is fantastic. So um, speaking of getting in quickly, we had other plans for tonight. We were going to record a nice, easy top ten list, you know, no discussion, you know, a little bit of arguing, a little bit of bickering, a little bit of lols, have a nice time. And then some big news is broken. So we thought, you know, we're going to take a moment, we're going to step back and we're going to break down everything because my at's lit up with questions. I mean, I don't fucking know, but we might as well be here to speculate, mate. For those that have been living under a rock and have not heard, the Herald, I believe, broke a story that the Warriors, yeah, that's right, the Warriors, not the Waz, the Warriors have offered big man Braden Hamlin Ueli a $2.2 million contract over the next three years. Starting in 2025, it must be made very clear. Terry, I have many thoughts, but I want to throw to you, mate. What do you think when you hear? What's your opinion? What's going through your head? Um, no love loss on Hamlin Muelle. Um, I'm take it or leave it with him. He can re-sign if he wants. Uh, he can head for New Zealand next year if he wants. Um, people turn around and go on ludicrous money. It probably is a bit much when you when you thinking here that he's on 550 grand at the Sharks. It's 150k. Increase to him. The salary cap is going up next year, I believe, and they're supposed to say it's supposed to go up significantly. So, 150k increase on it might be a drop in the ocean, but the number sounds quite big. Um, the first thing that obviously went to every Sharks fan's head was, well, if they're going to sign him, let's just do the swap deal now. And I know that that's what we're going to talk about. And I've prepared a little summary um, of how it can and can't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, but I, I want to hear from you, Braden Hamlin, you early. What are your thoughts? Like, do you, you know, obviously if 700 grand, I don't think we have the money or we wouldn't be resourced enough to, um, match that next season. But would you want to get close to try and keep him, Dan? Well, I did, which we'll talk about in a minute, a projected 13 and a preferred 17 rather. Mm-hmm. 
And I named all the forwards, and then I had Hamlin Nuelli as a fourth or fifth, and I didn't name a second prop. Such was the fact that he slipped my mind. I'm preparing for life without him because I reckon Fanua Blake comes in and Nuelli goes the other way. It's just what I thought from the start. We heard that potentially that wasn't going to happen, and now it looks like it might. If those numbers are correct, and it is speculation now, I'm not getting near it. Because I would rather split that money across into Tom Hazleton, who I think is a better prospect than Ueli, because if Ueli's not it yet, he's probably never going to be. I think Jesse Colhoun's a much better prospect than Ueli, and I think he's more versatile. And I also think if you're going to have a big dude to play minimal minutes, you go with Royce Hunt, because I can think of five or six times last year, Royce Hunt absolutely bodied people, and probably once or twice from Ueli. Now, I know he got injured, but he starts, and Hunt usually comes off the bench. I know he had a few starts to his name last year. I get that. But I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, that 750 can probably upgrade all three and lock them in long term. Three for one, unless that one is a Nico Hines or, you know, a Fanil Blake, I'm probably going the three. I'm not huge on Ueli, I have to say. I was years ago. I think in 2020 when he peaked, I think we all thought he was the next superstar. I think he's fallen a little bit down the pecking order. But on his day, we probably don't have anyone as damaging, but I couldn't, if it gun to my head, name a time where it was his day. The last time I remember him playing really well was when he was battering the Cowboys, then he got injured. And when he came off, everyone thought, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, he's just got back into top form. He was killing people. He's injured again and he has to start. Never going to hold that against him because it was an impact injury. It wasn't a, a recurring thing. It's not. He's not injury prone, but it just keeps happening. If he goes to the Warriors and kills it, I hold no grudge against him. But I don't want to lose one of those other three or a potential elsewhere where I think the money could go and him stay and, and play play well. I, I think we could just use it anyway is, is the long and short of it. Well, I mean, when, when, when you read the paper, it says that Cronulla's offer for Hamanuele doesn't involve a, a an upgrade or a significant upgrade on his current contract. So he probably gets the 18% balloon payment or whatever they call it, you know, written into his next contract. My immediate thought was, okay, if we can get close but not getting to $733,000, if we can get close, have, have it, you know, don't don't think what if because Hamlin-Uelli can play football. My second thought was, fuck me, if we've got six hundred grand. Why isn't that offer at Terrell May's inbox? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, why isn't that? And I get because he wants to play with his brothers, right? Like, surely we can sign Talon, who's a pretty handy player, and, we, you know, if we have to get Tyron, just put him at Guy Mia and just pretend that it never happened. You know, but, like, why isn't that money? Why isn't that offer? Why haven't we called Talon May and, uh, uh, Terrell, Terrell May and said, hey, look, we've got Adam Fanua Blake. He's like better than anything that you're going to get at the dogs. What are your thoughts? I, mate, 100%. One or the other, it's not even close. Again, I go back to the fact that Ueli promises so much, but how old is he now? He's not 21 anymore. This is a bloke who's 29, had... 29, I think, already. He's yes. 29. See, I had, I had some people drop in and say he's approaching his peak. I think he's past it. No, he, in, ter- in terms of in terms of props... They used to say that props peaked between 27 and 32. 
So he's bang right in the middle of it now. But he hasn't averaged 100 metres a game since 2019. And his work rate is getting less and less and less. So I'm... Yeah, I, I just... I don't know. It, I have all these... I have all these thoughts going through my head. Now, I would hold no grudges to Braden Hamlin really if he took that massive deal. Um, obviously, that you know, there's there's money. Then we know that there's money still in the cap because the you know Michael Shamus was very clear in his reporting that we offered the deal to Braden Hamlin early before we signed Adam Fenua Blake, and we have not removed that offer from him. We just aren't in a position now to upgrade, whereas before it sounded like we were offering him a deal, he was going to market, and he was going to come back to us and say, hey, club has offered me X, Y, and Z. How close can you get to it? We probably would have matched it. Now we're probably at the point going, this is what we've got. If you re-sign for two years and you have a massive 2014, uh, 2024, sorry, you can be Adam Fenua Blake's um, prop partner. Second thing that comes to your head, obviously, oh, sorry, the third thing that obviously comes to my head is a swap. Mm-hmm. For, for 2024, I I actually think that it could be very close to happening. So I've done a little math, Daniel. Mm-hmm. I've done a little math. Not a little meth, despite what the rumours around the saying. I've done a little math, right? Mm-hmm. So, as we said... Adam Fenua Blake on a million dollars this year, Brad Hamlin Urelli on five hundred and fifty thousand dollars this year. Big difference, right? Huge. Adam Fenua Blake is on eighty three thousand three hundred thirty three dollars and thirty three cents every month. So to be generous to him because he is such a stud, I've rounded him up to eighty five thousand dollars for the purpose of maths. Good. My head won't explode either, which is also good. Yeah. So payday for the NRL. We're going to go on a hypothetical situation here. They get paid monthly, the 15th of every month. Now, I know NRL contracts are paid monthly. Mm -hmm. That I can tell you. I don't know the date. Let's say it's the 15th of every month. So, so far this year, Brent Hamlin-Urelli has been paid for November, December, and January's work, totaling (coughs) $255,000, meaning he is owed $745,000 for the remainder of the year. Keep that number in your head. Hold on to it. So seven seven forty five for Noah Blake. For Noah Blake is owed seven hundred and forty five thousand dollars for the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. Brain Hamlin Ueli is paid forty six thousand dollars a month. Just about. I don't need to round up or round down. Let's just say forty six thousand dollars a month. So far, he's been paid one hundred and thirty eight thousand dollars. One hundred and thirty eight thousand dollars. He's owed four hundred and twelve. Thousand dollars. Four hundred and twelve thousand dollars. The difference, then, if you were to swap them, Cronulla would be in a deficit three hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars, or the saving from Matthew Moylan's contract from releasing him early, Dan. Ah, well, there you go. There is the big. So we have the money to do it. But here's the kicker, yep, though. Go on. Here's the kicker. We still. Mm-hmm. Have to pay another player <coughs> in the top thirty at some point because we have twenty nine spots. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets interesting. That twenty, the sorry, that thirtieth spot doesn't need to be filled until June. Yep. Stay with me here mm-hmm. because 
the amount of money that it was reported when Connor Tracy and Matt Moylan left was five hundred thousand dollars. Yep, five hundred thousand dollars, right? One spot left after we signed Billy Burns, five hundred thousand dollars. You probably say that a chunk of that money to Billy Burns, but he's only on minimum wage. Mm-hmm. What you then have to have a look at is that swap deal would probably happen in February. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to say that the agreement would be you pay him for February, we'll pay for no, uh, we'll play BHU for February, and then you do your swapping over afterwards. And it saves everyone a little bit of money in the long run, right? Add another forty six thousand dollars. We would have paid. Uh, and uh, we would have paid Brayden Hamlin Ueli one hundred eighty four thousand dollars. One hundred eighty four thousand dollars. We would have played Brayden Hamlin Ueli, and he would be owed three hundred sixty six thousand dollars from us. Take another eighty-five thousand dollars and throw that onto Adam Fenor Blake. He's been paid three hundred and sixty grand, and he would be owed six hundred and forty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Right, so that that deficit still the same, still the same. Three hundred thirty-three thousand dollars is the differential between the two players, but we have money up our sleeve, and when you get to the deadline which is in june and you have to play an nrl you have to pay an nrl player pro-rated 120k with only three months remaining mm-hmm. you have to pay him uh 30 grand mm-hmm. it can be done it can be done with some crazy counting why we've got the money We've got the money to do it. Now, Terry has unequivocally and undisputedly proven that it can be done. But will it? Because if I'm the Warriors right now, I'm absolutely saying, get fucked. Because they believe, rightly or wrongly, that they're in a premiership winning season. They've come out and pretty much stated that. They brought Roger Tuovasa Shaq in. Their premiership window, for me, ends when Fenua Blake leaves the, comp- uh, the club. As good as Hamlin Uwelly can be, he's not in the same stratosphere. If I'm the Warriors, I'm dismissing it in the papers tomorrow morning. Cronulla, on the yeah. other hand, should move heaven and high water to get it done because although I don't think even with Fenua Blake, our premiership windows open till the players we'll talk about soon get in and can improve the squad as a whole, it certainly makes us a much better team straight away and who knows what that can do. Yeah. Yeah, look, there's there's pros and cons, and I can't believe you can say that there's cons of having Adam Fenor Blake in your team for 2024, right? Let's talk about the instant pros. Say that was to swap, you'd get a you'd get a real hard look at your forward pack, and you'd know what you have to go and buy to match Adam Fenor Blake. Also, as well, if you know this deal can be done, and it is going to happen, you're on the phone to Terrell May's manager, and he's saying, "Don't sign anything." Mm-hmm. Just have a look at how we perform and have a look at what he can do. You don't need to rush out and sign that contract. Who cares if you play with your brothers or not? Further on down the line, you're all young. Hopefully one of your brothers stays out of prison. Yourself included, because you look like a bit of a grot. Uh, I didn't mean that, Terrell. Don't hear me. Um, (laughs) He's huge. So so you get to have a real good look at your forward pack. You get to turn around and say, okay, so... You know, we know Toby can play well next to him and he's got his contract till 2026. 
you can have a look at up, upgrading and extending that early. You can have a look at how Fanukin and Cam McInnes work with him. You can see where Tom Hazleton's going in terms of his development. Actually gets Tom Hazleton into the team. Mm-hmm. You can have a look at Jesse Colquhoun's development as well. So it's a big one. The other thing as well where I say the cons, and there aren't too many cons of having him in here, but what I was really looking forward to for 2024, because do I think we're going to win a premiership? No. Do I think we can challenge for the top four? Yeah, I think we can challenge for the top four, fourth. Um, I would be very, very surprised if we finished above fourth. You and I named uh, the Sharks at seventh. I think we're a little bit harsh, but I understand the reasons for that. What I was looking forward to for 2024 was every single forward that we have, including our back rowers, including our locks, the props, just ripping in to say to Craig Fitzgibbon, you have no choice but to partner me with that big motherfucker that's getting on the plane and going to be here November 1 next year. So that's what I was looking forward to, and that's the only downside that I see of it. The plus side that you see of it is the minus Braden Hamlin Ueli. Now that he's here, you're going to have one hell of a fucking fight for people who want to play alongside him. So that's where I look at it. Completely fair. Now, if we could get it done, I'd get it done tomorrow. Just this, there's yeah. just... I, I, too, am looking forward to... 2024 feels like a freebie for me because every decision I'm making, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, is with 2025 in mind because I don't think we're a premiership-winning team this year. Next year with Fanua Blake and another year of Nico, a halfback, who knows? So this year feels like a freebie. And if we do go a little bit shit and we do take some risks and they don't come off, well, at least you know. It also gives Oregon Kafusi and Royce Hunt, both who are off contract, a chance to dig in, really make themselves... Or prove that they're not it, and we can move them on and just just move them, remove them from. So I I, I would do it tomorrow, and of course you put you put that on. Oh, no, we can lose some games and get over it. That's a very good problem to have. But the only way that this happens, and I want to make this very very clear to everyone, is if Adam Fanul Blake goes to the Warriors and says, "I need to leave now," they're going to say no, and he says, "Well, I'm not going to play, or I'm you know this is going to really affect my my thinking of it." He's going to have to push it through because there's nothing there that I see unless he's a problem, in which case, you know, it doesn't look like he is because they love him over there and they've come out and said he's not going early. And if he was a problem, they would have risked him the second he said so. Unless we go to the war, or unless he goes to the Warriors and says, I need out now, and the Warriors agree, this is no chance of happening. It's all down to what he wants to do. And he said he'll honour the contract. So going back on that's not going to look good, especially when he very might win a premiership with them this year because we're forgetting two of us, Shek comes in, instantly improves that team. Plus, you don't know what Metcalf's going to be. So it's really going to depend on whether Fanil Blake wants to come, and I don't know if he does. Yeah, I, I don't know if he wants to come now either because I think that whilst he knows that a premiership window is opening at Cronulla because of him, He's also in the final year of a premiership window with New Zealand. And how good would it be if he turned up a premiership winner with New Zealand, part of their first premiership winning team, he'd just have that hunger to get it done again. So, look, and as you said, unless he goes, unless he goes there this is no, and says, I want to leave now, this is no chance of happening, right? The other thing as well that... I want to be crystal clear in this is that I do not want Cronulla to get involved in that whatsoever. I want him 
to be the one to turn around and say, I want to go to Cronulla. They're willing to have me. They have the money because Terry from Fins Up proved that they can have me. However, I don't want Cronulla to be sitting there putting the pressure. I just want them to make one phone call and go, look, we understand that he wants to leave. If you can release him, we can get it done because Tez from accounting helped mm-hmm. us out. Otherwise, this has got nothing to do with us whatsoever. We take our hands back. We will gladly take him. We'll gladly release Braden Hamlin New Early and give you Jesse Colhoun on loan as a sweetener. It's up to you. I don't want Cronulla to be there going, yeah, fucking releasing your dogs. Like, just don't do it. Completely fair. And the other very important thing is Hamlin Uelli has to want to leave too. He might be yeah. put back saying, he might not want to leave Cronulla. This might all be smoke and mirrors. It's not done yet. He might say, no, don't, no, thank you. I'm not going anywhere. Or he might say, okay, I'll go over there. And he'll be in a premiership window that probably ends when Vanilla Blake goes the other way. So there's a lot of to be made. Now, I did see a lot of that in the groups today. Oh, let's get a swap deal done. It's a long way from happening. I don't think it will, full disclosure, but as Terry's just proven, it can happen. But it's got people I'll, talking. I'll go, I'll go on the opposite to you. I'll go on the opposite to you. And Michael Shamus is a very, very clever reporter. He is a very, very clever reporter in the fact that he doesn't usually drop shit like unless it's unless something's in the work, right? Because all he's done today is speculate what the Warriors are going to pay Braden Hamlin Ueli, but why? Right? If this was like months down the track, he would drop that in April and say, yeah, Hamlin Ueli is three days away. I reckon they're planting the seeds now into the media and they're going to play it out nice and smooth with a good relationship. I think I think it I think it could happen and I'll be a lot I'll be a lot more positive than you. You're saying it's no chance. I'm saying there's a big chance that it could happen. Will it happen? I'm saying more yes than no. Cool. I'll say more no than yes. Because then, then we're right. One then way we're right. We can brag about That's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> but Terry, one thing that absolutely did happen today was the NRL.com have dropped their Sharks. Predicted 17 for round one. And they did. Now, I don't think it's too controversial, to be totally honest. I don't think it's too controversial. We haven't seen anything. For those who missed it, Will Kennedy, Sione Katoa, Jesse Ramey, and Sif Italikai, Ronaldo Molotalo, Braden Trindle, Nico Hines, Braden Hamlin Ueli, Toby Rudolph, Blake Braley, I missed that cabbage, uh, T. Wilton, Britton Nicora, Dale Finucan, and on the bench, Cam McInnes, uh, Jack Williams, Royce Hunt, and Oregon Kafusi. My thoughts one are... One big omission. One big, bold omission. Big, bold omission. My thinking is they've probably nailed it with the one potential that I see being Hazleton, who we're calling Big, Bold Tom, and anyone who says Tall Tom will be smacked down and disciplined. It's Big, Bold Tom because he's big and bold. Will come in, and his name is Tom. Will come in for either Hunt or Kafusi. I don't think you can play both. I am going to go on a limb and say it will be in for Hunt. Now there you go. Well, I'll say Kafusi because uh, then we're both right again. There we go. Oregon Kafusi was pretty well sought after by Fitz, and some murmurs around some Facebook forums and people who know. Oh, it's not Facebook forums, internet forums, and people who know a bit of information that. The Sharks suggest that some things happened in Oregon Kafusi's personal life this year and he didn't have he didn't have a good year because he was very distracted and apparently those distractions have 
come to a halt and he's come back to preseason with a mop. Oh, it's beautiful. Like, it, maybe it's a Samson oh. thing where he goes to hair and yeah. he gets good at football again. Because, Terry, remember when this guy signed? You and I were both very high. Now, I completely yeah. went off him last year. I'm here to admit. I'm so not here I. to backtrack. So but we said multiple times, if this bloke gets back to what he was, then he's a huge weapon for us. Yeah. I think he's a better footballer than Royce Hunt, but I know which one I'd rather play on last year's form, and that's Royce. Yeah. I think I think what you will see for the opening couple of rounds will be a rotation between those three. One of them will be the 18th man. Could be late inclusions here or there. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the round 17 team, uh, sorry, the round one team that ran out with Big Ball Tom at number 18. But again, like last year, once he gets in that team, he's undroppable. Fuck it. He should be in the team because mm-hmm. he is undroppable. Okay. And I don't think I, I don't think Hunt or Kafusi really nailed down a spot. And if you ask me out of those two, who I could see here for the longer term, it's Oregon Kafusi. He's younger. He is better. He defends a lot better. And he, his work rate is a lot better as well. And that's something that Fitz really, really looks at. He's come back looking like a machine. Like that, that barnet that he has on his head probably suggests that he should be the captain. Fair enough. Because it is glorious. Well, if he goes up to referee and says, I'd be like, well, this guy's hair is so good. Of course he's right. It's a Simpsons reference again. But I, look, I I agree. I think think they've pretty much nailed the side, maybe one switch. It's not the side I would name, and it's not the side that I I hope for later in the year. But the the main conjecture came, first of all, with Talakai at centre. I don't think Euro starts round one. I don't think you throw him in at centre for the first time in the NRL across the ditch. If we get beaten considerably, I'm happy for round two. But my my guess is that he'll be in the team round five, six, or seven as we start seeing form and injuries and stuff. But here, here's the thing. This is what people don't understand is everyone's turning around and saying, oh, you got to move you got to move Eero for Talakai. The minute you move Talakai onto the bench, you're throwing out Tom Hazleton. True. But... Because Cam McInnes or Dale Fadukan will be in the team. Jack Williams will be in the team. And if Sivitalakai goes to the bench or gets moved out of centres, he will be in the team on the bench. There's that two... means you've got three fighting for one. And I'm telling you, Kafusi's the man. It's good, um, it's a good problem to have. Now, the other, the other one we saw, the other conjecture was a lot of people are saying Jack Williams doesn't deserve to be there. And I just want to shut that down. Why right the fuck now. he doesn't? He was, he was our best last year outside of Nicara. Uh, another thing I saw was a lot of people mentioned that they'd swap Cam and Dale. 100% agree with that, just quietly. I think Cam earned the starting spot last year. I think Dale needs to come off the bench. But I'm going to save that rant for a few minutes because I've got a special segment that I haven't even told you about. Um, Thank you. The other thing I just want to bring up quietly is a good friend of the show, or at least one half of the show, a good mate, Rugby League Guru, recently came out and said he doesn't totally believe Teague Wilton's got the, the left edge lockdown. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe he's going to pull a Swifty and say, you know, Talakai's going to go there with Eero starting. He said he'd go to Billy Burns. I just want to go on record as saying, thanks for the opinion, Guru, and we will be talking to you very soon, and I will bring it up 100%. If Billy Burns starts in round one, I will eat whatever you put on a plate in front of me, Terry, and I don't care what it is. Because if Billy Burns is our best option at left back row, I don't want to live and see next season. No. It's... And that's nothing against no, it's Burns. Not. It's Teague Wooden for fuck's sake. 
First of all, he argued with me, and all his minions argued with me on Twitter saying, oh, Guru knows more than you do, and if he says Talakai's going to be the back rower, then he dropped the, the thing saying that Super Talakai's going to be in the centres and you should select him in your Supercoach team, and now he's saying Billy Burns should so, anyways, I just want to bring that up because it has been asked. Why, I don't like what, what? Here's the thing for me, right? Going back and having a look at the Melbourne Storm teams that were successful, Dale Finucane was in the number 15. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where he should be this year as well. Mm-hmm. I think he should be the number 15. And your co-captains are McInnes and Nico. Love me some of that. If we then have to move Talakai onto the bench... Dale Finucane becomes the professional 18th man. Yeah, fair Because cool. 2022 Dale Finucane was insane until he got hurt. I like literally insane. Yeah. Didn't miss a tackle for about eight weeks. Yeah, he was great. Literally insane. Got injured, came back, and he last year he just looked busted. Mm-hmm. He, he absolutely looked busted. Now, I can't see that getting any better as he gets older. So, you know, it doesn't have to happen round one, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see a couple of late withdrawals for Dale Finuc and maybe to rest his body or, you know, put him in that rotation. But whether he starts round one, come the end of the year again, I'm saying that Cam McInnes is our lock. Hopefully it's Jesse Colquhoun, though. I absolutely agree. And moving forward, remember, he's in the fourth year of his contract next year, and it's a very club-friendly deal, which means that... That one, if he doesn't play a lot, it doesn't hurt us. And two, if he does want to move on, it's going to be very easy to move him on because there's going to be clubs that will be willing to cover that and then yeah, some. This, so this, when people, you know, there was a there was a slight rumor going around that Canberra had inquired about Dale Nugent and were put off by how much money he was being paid this year and Cronulla's reluctance to play ball with chipping in any of his contract. Um, seven hundred and fifty grand or seven hundred grand, whatever he's on this year. Is a tough pill to swallow until you remember next year is on three hundred thousand dollars, and that that makes it easier to ship. Absolutely, that makes it, easier it does, and it I, also. I don't, yeah. I don't want to move him on because you think of all the players that we've lost in terms of Ennis and Lewis and Gallon and Fafita and now Wade Graham, and you kind of just don't have those hard nosed leaders who have won premierships, played Origin footy, played for Australia, won World Cups, won Shields, you know, done all that kind of shit. You, you sort of lose all of that. But at the same time, it's like, just get younger and better. Just get younger and better. Completely true. I don't want him holding players back, but I think we're a better team with him this year as long as he loses right, uh, is used right. But, Terry, that moves in beautifully to the segment that's coming at you unbeknownst, and that is Dan's Agendas, mate. Now, not everyone not everyone follows me on Twitter, uh, which is a damn shame and sure. really on you because, you know, sure. there's some gold there Isn't at Southo Dan. But... Uh, those that didn't see the tweet today, or those that did, I want to embark on it more. So I'm going to hit you with each agenda. I'm going to get your ideas. But ultimately, they are my agendas. Perhaps they're ours, but they're mine. And you don't have to agree. You can tell me to get fucked. You'd be wrong. But this is what I want to happen. This isn't what I predict. This is what I want to happen, Terry. And it's ranked. So at number five, it is Dale Finucane moving back to the bench and playing as a short stint minuted prop. No, I don't want to prop. Okay, last year there was uh, a thing that said that he played 60 minutes and Cam McInnes played 60 minutes. And so there, there was only about 20 minutes 
of both of them overlapping on the field. I would be happy to go like a 50-30 Cam for Finucane. Yep, so you don't want them playing at the same time? No, I don't want them playing at the same time because they're just... They're low impact runners and they're high they're high impact defenders. So, you know, if we're trying to get out of our, you know, if we're, if we're trying to get out of our own half, and you've got to rely on hit up number two being Kim Kinson, hit up number three being Dal Fanukin, you and I might as well just fucking run on the field and take a run as well. So, uh, I'd, I'd happily I'd edge the minutes to Kim McInnes mm-hmm. um, and Dal. You know, obviously obviously Dale can play prop if there's injuries or concussions or whatever but i just want those two to share the minutes and i want cam to i want cam to carry the lion's share yeah i think i agree with that we're both on the dale place 30 minutes bandwagon so let's make that the agenda was sensational in the number 15 jersey at melbourne that's where he should be perfect love that now number four is an agenda that you're absolutely going to be on and that is sam stone street to debut in 2024 i don't really mind if it's in the last couple of rounds because He's still young. He hasn't played a full season of New South Wales Cup yet because he bet, spent a lot of time. He got injured, unfortunately. It did slow him down a little bit. Uh, not physically because he's still the fastest man in the world. But this is a bloke who played between New South Wales Cup and did very well, was asked to play multiple positions and multiple sides, which I think was dumb. I think we should have really said to Newtown, if you play him, you play him on the right wing or you play him on the left wing or you play him so wherever we see him in the future. And I have my thoughts, and I'll get yours in a second. That's where he played. And he went back to Flegg. Now, we did see him struggle when he went back to Flegg in the finals last year. This is a bloke who was making an absolute joke out of Flegg defenders. He was running around him for lols. He just didn't seem to be right there where he was. And I think that had a lot to do with the fact that he didn't really have a position. And it's hard for a kid. No matter how good, you can't throw a kid in and go, oh, by the way, we're going to change this and this and this, and oh, you're going back to flag this week, and oh, actually, no, actually, you can. That's got to be disruptive. I want to see him debut. I think it will come outside Jesse Ramian because I'm an unashamed fan of Ronaldo. I, I still maintain he's the top three winger in the world. And what we saw for him for New Zealand, especially against Australia, got me very, very excited in my downstairs parts. As much as I love Sione Katoa, mate, if you ask me one or the other, it's Ronaldo all day. I, I was very shocked. Well, I shouldn't say I was shocked we re-signed Sione Katoa. I was very shocked that we re-signed Sione Katoa for three years, knowing that we've got this guy in reserve grade and knowing that we've got um, Kaylero in reserve grade as well. It, you know, should something should something happen? You know, I think we re-signed Sione Katoa for insurance purposes that, you know, Kaylero hasn't been able to force his way into a team and let's be honest, Jesse Ramian hasn't been in lights-out form and CSF if Talakai was pretty dreadful last year. I think they also had a look at it that Ronaldo's pretty injury-prone, well, not injury-prone, pretty unlucky with injuries, and Katoa can miss a game or two. The thing that shut me up the wall last year was we had multiple times on the wing and in the centres where we could have given Euro a game or given Stone Street a game, but we gave it to Connor Tracy. Mm-hmm. He's not here this year, and, and apparently Maureen Hirodi has drop back down to a development player. I don't know how the hell that's happened. So next cap off the rank is one of these two. Um, I do think that they will both play some games this year. I definitely do. I think Hero, you could probably lock in for 10 games. I think Stone Street, you could lock in for five. Agreed. I would what, take I, five. what I will say is that 
if Sandstone Street is as good as you and I have seen it to be, then it becomes the conversation with Sione Katoa that you have to move on. Or did they re-sign Sione Katoa for three years knowing that he was probably the lock to stay because Ronaldo Molotalo, as much as he loves Cronulla, has also said that he loves Queensland and he loves playing for New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, although Ronaldo was the one that, that came out saying, we've all got to take pay cuts to stick together, we're building something beautiful here, he was also the one that re-signed for the less amount of years in terms of the wingers. So, That's true. Um, I, I think that you will see Sam Stone Street debut this year. I think you will see Carolero play more, uh, more games than him, though. I think it would be... 10-5 split, you'll see them both play, though. We'll be okay with that. And, yeah, look, I'm tying 100% to an, uh, Stone Street and Ronaldo win combination. I think that's our next big one. Number three for me is... Frightening. Frightening. Is another one that I think most people have agreed upon and those that haven't haven't seen it. And is that, that is Jesse Calhoun becomes a regular on the bench by the end of the season. I'm not saying now because he's going to go back to, to the Jets. I want it made very clear that, you know, to to whoever... I can't remember who the new Jets coach is. It's escaped me. Apologies. I want to make it very... George Alves. To him and say, this is what we want you to do with Jesse Colhoun. We don't want you to play him in the middle every week if he's going to be in the second rower. I would say he's your starting lock every week until we call him up. Because then when you bring him up and put him on the bench, he can play lock. He can move out wide. It's fine. Or he can play prop. Now, I think... If, if I was forced right now, I think when you see Cam and Dale move on, I think Colhoun is your, is your next lock. He's got the size. He's got the ability. He's just a modern-day lock all over. He's still young. He tackles like a beast. He got thrown into some big games when Wade went or got suspended, and he showed no signs of, you know, oh, my God, I'm overawed. He looked like a Penrith player. You know, he just went in and he was ready, which is the biggest plus you can give to Penrith. Their players just go in there ready. He looked ready. He took the absolute piss for Newtown when he was playing in the middle. He was running for 250 metres. He and Hazleton, we were going to win the comp with him and Hazleton at 8 and 10. And then when they come up, that fucked us and, and things injured and blah, blah, blah. He had to go back to Vasquez, etc., etc. It was done. We, no one was stopping us. We destroyed teams for laughs when they were playing. His season got uprooted, but of course, Cronulla got to come first. I want Jess Colhoun to play 10 or 15 games this year. And as soon as one of the players gets injured, he comes onto the bench, and I'm not taking him out unless he gets injured or just completely goes off the boil. I I like the shout. I really do. I somewhat think, though, because you and I both want Tom Hazel on the bench and you and I both want Jesse Colvin on the bench, but I feel that that bench, if you've then got... Cam McInnes and Jack Williams on the bench just lacks that mongrel on it. That's where I think you need to have like a Kafusi or a Hunt, hopefully more so Kafusi. Um, oh. Look, I want Jesse in the team. I really do. And it's unfortunate we've got two old guys in Dale and Cam blocking his path. Cam McKinnon, uh, sorry, Dale Finucane, again, the injury bug, the suspension bug. Like, he's another one I can see playing 10 games, 
due to rotation, due to injury, due to suspension. I don't think 2024 is his, his time to shine. I think 2025. Perfect. Well, I'm looking to 2025, as in case you couldn't tell. Now, number two for me is, is one that I am willing to die on, and I tweeted out today that I think this guy will have a better career than his dad, and that is Kay Dykes to be our number six. I, If you said to me right now, when you want him in the team, it's as soon as he's fit and firing. I'm a big fan of Braden Trindle. You and I are probably in his top echelon of, of fans, but we've seen what Trindle has to offer now. Now, to be fair, he hasn't started with Nico when he came in late last year. thought he did a very serviceable job. I thought he was great. But I'm also willing to say that if Cade Dykes didn't snap his ACL this time last year, he'd be our rusted on number six now because he would have jumped Trindle in the pecking order. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's kicking games, he kicks further. People seem to think, forget that this bloke was the fucking 5-8 of the year for the New South Wales Cup in the year where we ran away with the minor premiership with Newtown. He played a lot of fullback, yes, and when he came up to Cronulla, he played fullback because that was the role. I think this guy's body has grown tremendously. He just looks like a 5-8. He looks like a bigger... And dare I say more handsome version of his father, who I know personally and have nothing but good things to say about him as a person because he's raised a fucking good child and I think he and Nico are going to be the hardest combination for the next five years. I do think they'll be the hardest combination for the next five years. There's, there's two parts to this. One, with that it sucks because that means Braden Trindle is going to be severely out of form. The second thing as well, when we're talking about Newtown and we're saying Jesse Colhoun's going to either play eight or 13, Kate Dykes has to play number six. Because mm-hmm. if he's going back playing fullback, he's not getting that ball playing uh, chance. Now, this is where it gets tricky because you've got Dan Atkinson who prefers being fullback over 5'8". Easy. Um, you've got Niway Pudu as well. So I think we need to turn around and say, Atko, here, here you are. You're the fullback. That's it. You are the fullback. Mm-hmm. Cade, you have to... Be the six, and you have to force yourself into the the first grade side. Mm-hmm. Um, he's good enough to do it. You and I have seen him play, but I I was out to dinner on Saturday night. I put it in the the group chat that he walked in, and he's he's big now. Mm-hmm. He's really really big. So he'd be a very very good running five eight if he still kept his speed with his size. He's a scary proposition. And his legs look like he could kick the ball from here to Penrith. So I do think that – I said it on Shinazi's podcast when I went on there that the Prince is coming. Because mm-hmm. we've already got the King and Nico. Mm-hmm. Prince is coming. 2025. Fair call. Again, I'm, I'm getting all this in, in and copping a few losses to get to 25. Now, I just want to echo that by saying that Dyke size-wise is Nico's size. And he's also the size, I think he's a little bit smaller than Jack Wyden, who had a pretty good career at 5'8 before moving on to the centres. But I am willing to die on that hill. And I wish Trindle no harm. If Trindle takes us to the finals this year and whatever, that's cool by me. But I just think Dykes has an upside that is so high and impossible to ignore. And number one, of course, for me, there it is, is Kaylero gets in the side as soon as fucking possible before we lose this bloke to the Dragons. Because... Zach Lomax is training exclusively at fullback. Sloan looks like he's injured himself real bad and will miss probably the opening month at least. If Lomax snails on that spot, Sloan's not coming back in. It's a big if whether he will. They've got the money. They've got a position. Eero to the Dragons frightens the hell out of me. Get him inside now. Yeah. 
think again though we're, we're we've got too many when you have a look at our team we've got too many forwards that are the same that do the same job but they and they all do it the same and none of it is a standout job okay when you have a look at the middles that we've got toby rudolph is our is our best prop and middle but not by much. We don't have that standard. When you get Fenua Blake, it's going to be Fenua Blake, the length of Flemington, and then, you know, the next person in the team. If you add Talakai to that, you're just throwing in another body who just does it, you know, just does it, right? I, I, I would, here's, hear me out, I would be completely happy to, we, we've signed Toby Rudolph till 2026, I would be happy to re-sign Jack Williams and then I'd be happy to tap every single one of our forwards on the shoulder and say, you're free to look around to another club for 2025. And that's go and get your terrible money. Go and get the big boppers who are off contract. Just go and just, just rejig the forward pack. And, you know, that way, if you've got Talakai on the bench, sweet, Talakai's on the bench. But Talakai and Jack Williams will do the same job for you. Mm-hmm. Just like Hazleton and Colton will do the same job for you. Just like Hunt and Kafusi will do the same job for you. Just like there's not much difference between Hamlin Ueli and Toby Rudolph where there should be because Hamlin Ueli's got a significant size advantage. So, I don't, you know, Dale and, and Cam, same player. We've just got a lot of these real average players and you've got a potential superstar center that you have to get in the team. And I know Talakai was a big part of getting Fanua Blake here, which to me says that he's going to be here for the next four years minimum or mm. five years minimum. Yeah, which is fair. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to ride this one out and say that if we had to pick between Euro and Stone Street, I, w- I, don't, I don't know. I don't know who you pick on that one. but I'm telling you right now, it's Stone Street, because if Euro was... They don't they don't see Euro as highly as I do, straight up, because he would have played last year when Talakai's form went off. And for me, you put your star center in, who everyone, Talakai himself has said, Eero's the bloke, and this is a guy who, once all the rumors of him leaving went, and once he got fully fit, made a joke of New South Wales Cup. Now, again, it's a big jump between, but this is a bloke that other clubs have come at us for, and we know for a fact there have been two... And we told him to go away, and Eero was pushing and pushing, and then he kicked back, which makes me think they've said, oh, you just wait your turn, but he's not going to wait forever. My thinking is you cannot risk losing him. What you do with Talakai, I don't care. If you lose Royce Hunt, I don't care. If Talakai kicks up a stink, he'll get over it. He's on great money. He'll play plenty of minutes. If you have to move Teague Wilton into lock, which was the plan originally, Put him at left, starting out there until he has a few bad misses, etc., etc. That Ronaldo Eero combination to me is head and shoulders above what we got now in attack and defense. Now Eero's defense has never been something ridiculous, but you can't tell me for one second that a New South Wales Cup mentality and a first grade mentality aren't a world of difference. This is a bloke who's been stomped on numerous times, been called up and pulled out late. Linked to England and second division, and then the Bulldogs and the Parramatta. I believe the Dragons came. You know, the Bulldogs were looking at him at one stage. All reports, we don't know this for a fact. There were two teams I know for a fact. You keep messing with him. He's just going to say, fuck it, he's going to go to the Dragons. His career's over. 
if he goes and does that, that'll hurt me a lot more than losing a Royce Hahn or a Kafusi or even a Jack Williams. Because if it comes down to him and Talakai, one or the other, I don't particularly care. Now, I'm going Talakai because I've seen what he can do, and I think he adds something up the middle that no other player in our forward pack can do, and that's ball play. But at risking Kayla Rowe is an absolute no-no because this guy's just shown. And he came on debut on 24 hours notice from around 300 metres. Okay, he made a couple of errors playing on a wing, which he hadn't played for, for many years. And came on and just looked like he does, he belonged there. And I'm like, in the well, pissing down range. Yeah, I'm like, well, fucking here we go. We're off to the races. And he hasn't seen first grade since. We saw Dan Atkinson go over him. We saw him named 18th man, and we were assured, yeah, he's coming in late. And nah, he didn't. It was Connor Tracy. If I'm him and I see Connor Tracy going in front of him, I would have said I'm off to fucking Parramatta. The fact he stuck around says to me he wants to play for Cronulla. Give him the goddamn chance because he's going to be something special. And when he is, I'm going to replay this over and over and say, no, 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 I told you so. And you'll have to love it because he's a fucking freak in the making. Let's let him off the leash. I'm with you. I'm with you. How Kyle Hero. On that note, Dan, I think we need to have a break and end this podcast because we have two more to record tonight, even though we'll pretend that there are another night. Yeah. I don't know who we're hailing yet, but I'll talk to you soon. We're hailing someone.